And so we had, we had a tremendous move of God. The Holy Ghost was there in a very, very special way. And I'm appreciative for that. And at the conclusion of Friday night service, as we were getting ready to close the service, I just felt like God spoke to me um, with a, with a, I don't know how to describe it. with a brief thought. I, I, I keep wanting to say message, but we, we say message, then we think sermon, but I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about God just gave me, I guess a word would be the way to say it. I felt like for this church, for somebody, for more than one somebody in this church Friday night, and um, I'll relay that to you at the conclusion of today's message or whenever I feel it in the Holy Ghost if it happens to come before then. But I do want to try to use the scripture this morning. Again, familiar things, familiar principles, things I've talked about many, many, many times. Um, but in order to lay a foundation for what I feel like the Lord wants me to say to the truth church this morning uh, I believe that that um, the things that I'm going to say first are necessary to help lay the groundwork for us to get there and understand it amen and so this is one of those times that um, I've asked you on occasion to do this just a moment when we pray I don't want you just to pray God bless the service or God bless the pastor while he preaches but but in just a moment I want us to pray for God to grant a spirit of revelation because there are just some things that we can understand it we can comprehend it and that's that's good but if God gives us divine enlightenment it just, it just does something that understanding and comprehension cannot accomplish. Amen. I've often said, when it comes to, for instance, the message of the Godhead, I can explain it to you. I can take you through the principles. I can show you in the Word of God. And that's good, and, and that needs to happen. But, but if God ever gives you a revelation... I'm going to tell you, there's nobody that can convince you otherwise. If you ever get a revelation, it's there, it's settled, it's done. Can I get a witness this morning? And that's true about so many things in the scripture that there are things we can know, we can believe, we can understand, but when God, when God just turns that light on, through the power of the Spirit. It just changes everything. And it gives us a depth of understanding that really motivates us. It, it, it changes us. It affects us. And that's what I need to happen here this morning. Is when I, Whenever that time comes that I feel like God's ready for me to deliver that word to this church, I need, I need God to 
not just anointed, but to accompany it with a spirit of revelation. Hallelujah. Now, I, I heard a man say one time that we need to get away from talking about revelation. He said, he said, when we talk about that, it just takes the responsibility off of us and puts it all on God. And I, I, I don't see it that way. I'm sorry. I, don't, I think we've got a responsibility to say it, to share it, to explain it to the best of our ability. It's just that God kicks it up a notch. And God just adds a dimension to it that, that our explanations cannot add. I've, I've taught Bible studies to people and theologically backed them into a corner they could not get out of. I really have. I mean, take them through the scripture until there's, they have no choice but to say, yeah, I see that in the Bible. But just because they see it in the Bible doesn't mean they're going to accept it and obey it. I mean, I've been there. I've had them say, yeah, I see it. But what are you going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> I'm happy where I am, happy with what I am. I see that, yeah, you, you're right, it says it. But it's hard to do that with a revelation. Well, praise God. So I don't want this to just be where I back you into a theological, scriptural corner this morning. But I want God to grant a revelation. And uh, I believe that'll change a lot of things. I really believe I really believe if we'll stay in tune with the Holy Ghost and God will grant revelation, I really believe this service can be a milestone that we'll look back to one day and say a transformation began right then that I'll never forget. Well, I know that's setting expectations high, but I'm just telling you what I feel this morning. And uh, the other thing about stressing a revelation is it, it, it doesn't take responsibility off of me and throw it all on God. But it also puts responsibility on you to be sensitive and open to allow God to grant that revelation. Because God never forces he never forces truth on anybody. That's why, that's why you can, and, and, and some of you may be able to point to people who you know really were praying people. They really had some degree of relationship with God. And yet when it came to the truth of Jesus' name, baptism, or the oneness of God, they didn't see it. And I've had saints say, how can this be? How can they really have this touch of God. Well, it's like this. God doesn't force the truth on anybody. He'll only show us what we're willing to see. And if we're not willing to see it, God's not going to force it on us. Praise God. So, that's, that's a long introduction. Genesis chapter 12. Seems like I've been preaching a lot about Abraham lately. We're going to talk about him again. I got stuck on David for a while. Spent quite a while in the book of Psalms. Now we're 
how we're in, in Genesis and uh, talking about Abraham. I can't help it. This is what I feel. Genesis chapter 12. And we're going to read three verses of Scripture here this morning. Genesis 12, beginning with verse number 1. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now I want you to look at, I want you to pay attention to verse 2. I'll make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will bless thee. And make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curseth thee. Now that's interesting. It's totally off the subject. But did you notice how God spoke in the plural when it came to those that would bless Abraham and the singular when it comes to those that would curse him. I'm going to bless them that bless thee and I'm going to curse him. Seems to me, Brother Nelson, that um, God's going to see to it. God's going to see to it. Yeah, we may have some enemies but he's going to add far, far more they that be with us will always be more than they that be with them. Come on, saint of God. If you'll remember, there were only one-third of the angels that were cast out of heaven. One-third. That means two-thirds stayed behind. That means for every devil, there's two angels. That's just basic math. I didn't have to study common core to figure that out. <laughs> Anyhow, that's not even on my uh, list of things to mention, but it's, it's there. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Something about these verses that I, I really want us to, to get a hold of here this morning. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach to you, if the Lord will help me, preach to you for a little while about the greatest blessing. The greatest blessing. Praise God. Would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands I want you again to ask God to send a spirit of revelation and not just send a spirit of revelation but, but to grant revelation to you specifically. God, open my eyes. God, open my heart. Open my mind and grant me revelation today. Let's pray together right now.
this church. Lord, help me today to deliver, God, this word in the way that you want it delivered. Help me, oh God, today to be able, God, Lord, to accomplish the will of God in this service. God, I pray, grant a spirit of revelation to each and every one of the saints of God, those that are here physically, those that are listening online, those that might hear it later, God. I'm asking you, Lord, grant revelation. Let a spirit of revelation accompany this message and help us to understand, God, to surrender ourselves to what you want for us, oh God of heaven, that we might receive the greatest blessing. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, would you just praise him for a moment? I still feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. When God commanded Abraham to separate himself from his family, his homeland, the command came with a promise of a blessing. Read for me again, Brother Goff, if you would, the verses from our text, Genesis 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm sorry, I got, he's, he's multitasking this morning, amen. All right, all right, Genesis 12, verses 1 and 2. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, He said to Abram, Get thee out of thy get country. Get out of thy country. And from thy kindred. Get away from your kindred. And from thy father's house. Leave your father's house. Unto a land which that I will show and thee. I'm going to show you a new land. And I will make thee a and great nation. And if you do that, Abraham, I am going to make of you a great nation. And I will bless thee. And I'm going to bless you. And make thy name great. And I'm going to make your name great. And thou shalt be a and blessing. And you will be a blessing. Amen. Now what could be more exciting or more desirable to a follower of God? God than the promise of a blessing. Amen. Can I, can I get an amen here today? Amen. What thing could be better for us than for God to speak to us directly and say, Jahim, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Amen. Because we understand that God never makes a promise he doesn't keep. We understand that when God speaks, it is forever settled. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so he made this promise. And I, I'm going to tell you, church, I want to be blessed. 
I want the blessing of God to come to my life. I'm not interested in how man can bless me. I'm not looking for the applause of humanity. I'm not looking for somebody to elevate me or promote my name. You know what I'm hungry for? I want the blessing of God. I want God to smile upon me and say, I'm going to bless you. I am going to bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. And then this, this blessing was specified. It was, it was explained in verse 2 when he said, I'm going to make of thee a great nation. And I am going to make thy name great. Hallelujah. Now that's not just I'm going to send you a few extra dollars. That's not just I'm going to take the headache away when you're feeling some pain. You understand what he's saying to Abraham. He's talking to a man that at this point he's really got nobody but his wife. And, and, and God says to him, out of you, Abraham. You, I know it's just you and Sarah, but, but hear me, Abraham, from the two of you, I'm going to make a great nation. And I'm going to make your name great. Now hear me. I'm telling you, at this point, there probably weren't that many folks that had ever heard of Abram, which was his name then. Probably not very many people knew who this Abram was. Now we know today, and, and indeed God has made his name great, and, and it's a name that's recognized all over the world. God has made his name great. But when God said it, it wasn't the case. When God spoke it, that's not the way that it was. But I'm here to tell you, God said, this is what I'm going to do, Abraham. Amen. This is what the blessing is going to encompass. This is what the blessing is going to bring with it. Amen. I am going to make of you a great nation. Not just raise up a great family, but I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And your name, your name is going to be great. Now, you know, let's, let's just think about this for a moment because that kind of a blessing would carry a lot of other benefits, right? I mean, if God suddenly said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Douglas Goff, I'm going I'm to take you and your tribe, praise God, and, and uh, I'm going to make of you a great nation. There's going to be a nation that answers to you. Do you understand what that involves? Do you understand what that means? Because we're talking about a man who becomes the father of a nation. There's an entire nation of people that are looking to him, that are answering to him. We're talking about more than just having his name put in black and white and letting people read about it once in a while. I'm telling you to be a great nation would be to possess great wealth. Uh, to have a great name would be to possess great fame. Hallelujah. There's a lot that would come with this kind of blessing. But there are two things that I want you to note about this promise of blessing. And uh, uh, one of them is just kind of FYI. Just We'll, we'll hit it and we'll move on. But, 
but it is important. In fact, it's imperative to this kind of blessing. Amen. First of all, this blessing did not come without a requirement on Abram's part. God said, God said, get out of your country, get away from your kindred, leave your father's house, and go to the land I'll show you. And if you'll do that, Abraham, that's when you're going to get this great blessing. But there's some things I expect of you. Amen. I expect you to separate yourself. Saints of the Truth Church, let me tell you something. We cannot hope to be blessed by God if we are not willing to be His exclusive property. We got to understand, I know that the message of separation and holiness is not popular like it used to be. I know there are those who just don't see the necessity of it. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day, a preacher, and he said, please pray, please pray for my my daughter since she has come to the conclusion that all of this holiness stuff is not necessary anymore and that the things that the scripture said don't really mean what we've always said that they mean and, and, and she's walked away from it and gone somewhere where none of that's required and none of that's expected let me tell you something saints of God if we want this kind of blessing it always is predicated on separation it's always predicated on separation. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I'm not here to throw stones at anybody. I'm not here to knock anybody. I know, I know, I know there are churches that don't preach separation, that have got a whole lot bigger crowd. But I'm going to ask you something. Have you ever sat there and tried to find the glory of God? Amen. The depth of God's spirit. Ah, look, I'm not throwing stones, but I'm just telling you today. Amen. That if we really want the depth of God's spirit, we really want a move of God, it's only going to come when we separate ourselves from this old world come ye out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself getting ahead of myself here amen praise God but I'm, I'm just telling you I'm telling you and, and, and listen again I'm not throwing stones but this is why so many churches have had to bring in fog machines and all kinds of colored lights because they're not having the move of God they used to have and they got to try to bring some kind of excitement to the people because they call themselves Pentecostal but there's not enough of the move of God Oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me. Several years ago, some of you will remember, and I want to be very careful. I know this is going out over the internet, and I'm not trying to, again, not trying to, 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 to be critical of anybody. I'm just telling you a fact, but, but we had a man start coming here that his testimony was, I've gone to every large charismatic church in Kansas City. He said, I've been to every one of them. He said, I remember as a boy what the glory of God used to be, and he said, I hadn't found it anywhere and I had decided there wasn't a church anywhere where you could still feel what I used to feel when I was a boy until he came here. And then he said, this is it. There is still a group of people that have got the power of God. There is still a group of people that have got the glory of God. Uh, 
I know many of you were not here, but I think there are enough that were here that that uh, Memorial Day weekend when he flew his family to Kansas City, rented a bus, amen, and a bus driver and said, you're going down to this Pentecostal church. I want you to see there's still a church that feels what we used to feel. There's still a church that's got what we used to have. Now, the sad part of it is he came for a while. His wife got the Holy Ghost. His stepdaughter got the Holy Ghost. And I'll never forget the Sunday God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And they loved what they were feeling. But, but, but time passed. And, and one day he just quit showing up. And I started trying to reach out to him. Started trying to... to, to, to to get some kind of response. What happened? Where'd you go? They were so excited. They were so thrilled. And, and finally he said, well, look, I want you to come to my house and we're going to talk. And I got over there and he let me know. He said, preacher, look. He said, I know you hadn't said anything about it, but I'll look around and i see how your people are dressed. He said, that's the way, that's the way they used to make them dress when I was a kid. And, and he said, I'm just not going to make my kids grow up in a church like that with all those requirements and all those restrictions. But listen, here's what he didn't understand. He's not making the connection. Amen. When they had all those requirements and, and restrictions that he's talking about, that's why they still had the depth of God's spirit. And it's when they got rid of that that they lost the very thing he'd been looking for you can't have both hallelujah amen it's just it's just a fact it's just a fact read for me first corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 what know ye not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you which ye have of god and ye are not of your own for you are bought with a price. And not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, therefore, therefore glorify therefore, God in your body. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And in your spirit. And in your spirit. Which are God's. Amen. Now listen, when people tell me, oh, holiness is just on the inside. No, no, no. No, no, no. Paul made it very clear. You got to glorify God with your body and your spirit. Now, I do know there's a real danger. And I've seen it when folks do become Pharisees. And they're far more concerned about the outside than they are the inside. And I'm just telling you what we got to do is find that even place that I preached to you about a few weeks ago. We got to find that level ground. We got to find that balance. Uh, amen. Where we are glorifying God both in our body and in our spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, we need two or three witnesses. So let's get Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 as a second witness. Read. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness this in the is fear of God. Perfect holiness. Amen. When you when you have it on the inside and on the outside, that is perfect holiness. Amen. Praise God. I, I, I got to move on, but uh, let's catch one more here before I move on. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 17 and 18. I started to quote it a while ago. We'll, we'll, we'll get it now. We'll get it now. Read. Wherefore, come out from, come among, out from them among them and be ye separate, Now listen, there's the no Lord. difference in this command. Amen. And the command that God gave to Abraham. 
except that this is talking in a spiritual sense where he was talking to Abraham in the physical. But the command, the mandate is the same. You gotta leave your surroundings. You can't keep doing what you've always done. You can't keep living like you've always lived. You can't keep going to the places you've always gone. You can't keep talking like you've always talked. There's got to be a difference. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And, and then he said, you. I'll receive you. And, and we'll I a will be a you. father unto you. And you'll be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Do you understand that promise of him being a father is contingent on us coming out from the world and being unlike the world? Look, I want to tell you something. I often tell folks when you've seen me you've seen my father amen he's been in his grave for a number of years now but I'm going to tell you there's enough about me that looks like Orville Riggin there's enough about me in the way I act and the way I talk and the way I walk and you want to know why it's simple because I've got the characteristics of my father hallelujah and if we are the children of God we're not going to have the characteristics of the world we're going to have the characteristics of our father hallelujah amen 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 all right let me move on because that's not my message that's not my message that's just that's just fyi hallelujah i said there were two things that i wanted you to notice about this promise of this blessing. So let's go back to our text and let's read verses 2 and 3. Now we read 1 and 2 a moment ago to show you that, that this promise of blessing was dependent on Abraham separating himself. Now let's go back and read verses 2 and 3. And I want to show you what I really am here to talk to you about today. Amen. Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 3. Read. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. Yeah. And I will this make thy promise. name great. This is what I'm going to do. And, uh -huh. I, and thou shalt be a blessing. And you're going to be a blessing. And then look at verse 3. And I will and bless them bless that bless them thee. That bless thee. And I will curse and him that curse him thee. That curseth thee. And in thee in shall thee all families shall of the all earth be blessed. The families of the earth be blessed. Now listen to me. God said to Abram, I'm going to make of you a great nation and I'm going to make your name great. We talked about the wealth, the fame that would come along with those promises. But hear me this morning, church. God didn't make those promises just to make Abraham rich and famous. God didn't do it. He meant just so he could elevate the man Abraham. But God makes it clear in these two verses. He meant by the thing that he says to Abraham. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And he said, thou shalt be a blessing. And then he says in verse 3, I'm going to bless those that bless you. Curse him that curses you. And all the families of the earth through you, Abram, are going to be blessed. I'm here to tell you that God said, here's my purpose. Yes, I've got a plan. Yes, I'm going to do great things for you. Yes, I'm going to bless you like I've never blessed a man on the face of the earth before. But Abram, don't get a big head. Abram, don't start thinking 
it's all about you. I'm doing this for one reason and one reason only. Whatever I give to you, I want you to be a blessing. I want you to help somebody else. I want you to take what I give to you and I want you to do something for me and my kingdom with the things with which I bless you. Well, God said he would bless Abram so that Abram would be a blessing. So that all the families of the earth would be blessed. Not for you to hoard it, Abram. Not for you to go and start your own bank. Not for you, amen, to start burying all of this everywhere. Not for you to flash it around and show everybody just how much, amen, that I've given you. That's not what it's for. But I'm going to tell you, Abram, there are those out there that need something. And here's the way that I see you. I'm looking at you as a conduit. Amen. I'm looking at you because I want you to be the channel through which my blessings flow. I want to bless this world. I want to help some people. I want to do some things on the face of the earth but I need somebody that I can trust that when I invest in them it's not stopping with them but they understand I have been blessed in order to be a blessing I'm convinced God does not bless any of us so we can hoard his blessings. He blesses us so we can share his blessings. Now, go with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20. and Paul is making a farewell address to the elders in Ephesus. You know, he had started this church. He'd founded this church in Ephesus. God had used him mightily while he was there. In fact, it was while he was at Ephesus that all of Asia heard the word of God. That's, that's where it all happened. It was in Ephesus. And now Paul is leaving. And Paul recognizes through the voice of the Spirit this is going to be my last visit to this city. This is it. I'm saying farewell. I'm not going to see you again this side of heaven. And I want to tell you something, Ephesus. I just want you to look back over my life. I want you to examine the time that I've spent with you. I want you to make a thorough checklist and come to an understanding of my purpose and my, my reason for what I've done while I've been here. I want you to understand something. Ephesus. And I want you to understand it because I want you to follow my example. I want you to learn 
to have the same mindset that I've got. And so as he talks to them about all of this, he gets down to verse 35 and here's what he says. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. Now, now, now look, I've showed you. Not I've told you. I've showed you how that so laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words and of the Lord Jesus. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. And I've always, I've, I've found this fascinating that Paul would be quoting this. Now it is scripture, but you've got to understand the scripture wasn't written. And Paul's only encounter with the Lord Jesus was on the road to Damascus. And, uh, I mean, obviously he had some other encounters spiritually. But, but we do find that the Gospels record these very words of Jesus. And so it's very possible that Luke, who was one of Paul's traveling companions... Uh, may have shared with him that these were the words of the Lord Jesus. Are you with me? And, and he obviously had enough confidence in Luke to believe Jesus had said it. And he may have even heard it from more than one source. But whatever it was, he was confident enough to, to say this is what Jesus said. And then he said, I did all of this. I showed you all of this. So that when you work, your work is not for your own gain, but you're doing it to help everybody else. And remember the words of our Lord, how he said, It is more blessed it to give is than more to receive. blessed to give than, than to, to receive. receive. Now, you know, King James, we say it is more blessed. When we do that, we're actually using King James pronunciations. This word is exactly what it looks like. It is the word blessed. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, let's talk about this for just a moment. It's more blessed to give than to receive. One translation says, more blessings come from giving than from receiving. Another translation, in fact, there are a couple of translations that put it this way. There is a greater blessing in giving than in getting. There's a greater blessing. Now, that's good. But I don't think that even really expresses what this is saying in the original language. I, I, I don't try to throw around a whole lot of Greek. You know that. But once in a while, it helps us when we can go back and understand the original language and get a little bit better picture of what's being said. The Greek word that is translated blessed, according to the Greek lexicon, Thayer's Greek lexicon, it is a prolonged form of its root word. In other words, there, there is a 
root word here that has a meaning. But when you look at this word that's used in this particular verse, the, the, the root word means blessed. All right? The root word means blessed. But the form that is used in this verse is a prolonged form. And, and it's prolonged because there's emphasis placed here. It doesn't just mean blessed. It means supremely blessed. Supremely blessed. Now, you would think, because a lot of times in the Greek, you'll see a couple of words here and, and understand that, that two or three words in English were used to translate one Greek word. And the fact is that it would have been sufficient to just take this one Greek word, uh, makarios, and, and, and that word which comes from the root word makar. Um, it, 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 would have, it would have been accurate to just use makarios and, and translate that as more blessed because, as I said, makar means blessed, but the word used here is makarios, and it's, that means supremely blessed. So we, we could have just taken that word and translated just that word, more blessed, and it would have been accurate. But the fact is, in the original, it's not just one word. So it's not just makarius, but, but there is another word, an adverb in front of it. Malon. And, and so malon means by far or to a greater degree. Uh, I, I don't mean to bore you with language lessons. I just hope you are getting what I'm telling you. It is... It is Malon Macarius. Malon, by far, to a greater degree, Macarius, supremely blessed. Do you understand the superlative that is being used here? The Riggin revised version would say this, you will be supremely blessed to a greater degree by far when you give as opposed to when you receive. You're going to be supremely blessed by far. Supremely blessed sounds mighty good to me. Now that, that sounds one, I'd, I'd love to have some supreme blessings, but I'm here to tell you, it didn't just stop there. What Jesus said was, you're going to be supremely blessed by far. You're going to be supremely blessed to a greater degree if you give than when you receive. God help me today. I'm afraid too many saints of God spend all of their prayer time saying, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I need this. I need this. I need this. And it's all about us and what we can give. But I'm telling you, we're missing the greatest blessing. Amen. If we're just trying to get so we can meet our needs, God's got a bigger picture in mind. God's got something greater in mind. Lord, you know, if I could, if I could just get this 
of a job or if I could just get a raise I could pay my bills a lot better I, you know I wouldn't be struggling I wouldn't I wouldn't walk in here with all this weight of debt hanging on my head if you'd just if you'd just do something about giving me a pay raise and, and it's and, and I understand all that but here's what I'm trying to tell you Jesus wants us to have a little different perspective uh, than that in fact a lot different perspective than that Jesus is not opposed to us praying for a for a blessing he's not opposed to us praying for a raise on the job or a better job he's not opposed but the thing is we got to watch what the motive is because Jesus wants us to learn the greatest blessing is not when he sends things our way the greatest blessing is when we become the channel that God says I can trust that one I can trust brother Jerry if I give this to him I know he's not going to sit on it I know he's not just going to keep it he's not going to hide it but I can trust him my blessings can go much farther Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel this. I feel this. Look, he's never, ever, ever been pleased with us just hoarding things to ourselves. I would remind you, I would remind you of the men that received the talents. Now, don't misunderstand this word. They're not talking about this one could play the saxophone and that one could play the piano. A talent was a piece of money. And so, this is silver coins, if you please. Read for me Matthew chapter 25, verses 24 through 28. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, yeah. Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, uh -huh. reaping where thou hast not sown yeah. and gathering where thou hast not yeah, straw. Yeah. Now look, you, you, you understand what's, what's going on here. Jesus, Jesus said the Lord has come. He, he, he gave his servants some talents. He distributed in this particular parable he had given to one of them five talents and another two talents and to this man just one talent. This man only had half of what uh, the other guy had. Only one-fifth of what the first guy had. And uh, so now the Lord comes and says, talk to me about that money that I gave you. Tell me about it. And the man said, well, I know you. And I know you're a hard man. I know that you like to reap where you haven't sown you like to gather where you haven't strawed reed. And I was afraid I and was afraid. the talent, thy I, talent in the earth. Here, here was my concern, Lord. I, I, I know how you feel about your money. I know how you feel about this. I know this is important to you. And I didn't want to lose what you gave me. So out of fear of losing it, I was afraid if I put it in this stock that it might crash. I was afraid if I put it in this account that, you know, that bank might fold or go under. And I, uh, I thought, you know, the best thing I could do, I don't, I don't want to take a chance on losing because I know the Lord's not going to be happy if I lose it. So here's what I'm going to do. I, I just went and hid it in the earth. 
And lo, lo, there thou hast that is thine. There it is, Lord. It's it's the, I hadn't lost one red cent. I'm giving you back everything you gave me. Let's read on. His Lord answered and, and said unto Lord him, answered and said Thou unto wicked him, and slothful servant. You are servant. wicked, you're wicked, and King James puts it very nicely. Do you know what slothful means? Anybody know what a sloth is? He said, you're a slothful servant. That word slothful, can I just say it like it is this morning? It means lazy. You are wicked. And you are lazy. Read. Thou knewest you knew that I reap where that I, I sow reap not. where I don't sow. And gathered where you I knew have I gather where I haven't strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to he have said put the my least money you could have done was to put my money to the exchangers. To the exchangers. And then at my coming, at least at my coming, I should have received I could have own with back usury. that one talent and gotten a little interest on it. Take therefore the talent from Take him. Take that one talent he had and give it, and give it to the man. I gave that man five, but when I got back, he had five more. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it away from the lazy man and I'm going to give it to the man that got out there and did something with it. This is what the Lord was saying in all of this. I don't want you hoarding what I give you. It's not enough that you can stand there and say, I still got it, Lord. I still got it. No, no, no. Jesus said, I want to see that you're going to give me a return on my investment. I want to see that when I hand you something you don't put your name on it. You don't put your signet on it and say this is mine. This is mine. No, no, no. It's not yours. I loaned it to you. I let you use it for a little while but I did it for a reason. I want you to take what I give you and I want you to do something with it. Even a little return is better than none at all. Well, when God gives you something, he never intends for you just to hang on to it. Verse, verse go back and uh, I think it was verse 27. I think it was verse 27. Read that for me again. I just want to point out a word here. He says, Thou oughtest therefore thou oughtest to therefore have put have, my money have, to the not, exchangers. That's it, that's, that's it. That's a, look, thou oughtest therefore to have put my money. <laughs> that's what God wants us to do. Not hold my money, but put it. I want you to take it and put it somewhere. I don't want you hanging on to it. I don't want you keeping it. I don't want you bragging uh, about what I gave you. I didn't give it to you for you to hang on to it. I gave it to you for you to put it somewhere. I'm preaching today, church. Amen. I'm headed somewhere in the Holy Ghost today. But I'm going to tell you, we got to get a revelation that the greatest blessing that we can get uh, is when God can look down at us and say, I trust them. I trust them. I can start putting blessings on 
them and know they're not going to hoard it. They're not going to hang on to it. They're not going to keep it for themselves, but they're going to find somebody that they can put it there. They're going to do something with whatever I give them. Look, this, this, this principle, it's repeated over and over and over in the scripture. I got I to gotta hurry through this. Luke chapter 4, verses 25 and 26. But I tell you of a truth. I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in the were Israel, lot, Israel in the days of Elias. There were a lot of widows in Israel when in the days was of Elias. heaven was shut up three years and six months. Yeah. When great famine was throughout all the land, but to none of them was Elias sent. But to none of them was Elijah sent. Save unto Sarepta. Except he was sent to Sarepta. The city of Sidon uh-huh. unto a woman that was a widow. Now, now listen, here's what Jesus said. There were a lot, of, a lot of widows that were starving during this famine. Three and a half years with no rain. Three and a half years with no rain. There's a lot of folks starving. And there were a lot of widows. You know, it was not uncommon for men to die very young back in those days. I know, you know, right there at the beginning, man, they're living forever. Seemed like 969 years. Lord have mercy, as bad as I feel at 61, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to make 69, let alone 969. (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying. Uh, There were a lot of, a lot of widows in Israel. A lot of widows. I, I started to say they lived a long time right at first, but man, it started... It started dropping fast. After the flood, it started dropping fast. And uh, life expectancy got down pretty low. And there were a lot of widows. A lot of widows in Israel. And yet God did not send the prophet to any one of those widows. Though they're starving. They're in need. God did not direct Elijah to any of them. But he picked out a woman in a city of Sidon. And said, this is where I want you to go, Elijah. Now why would God send her, send him to her particularly? Why not just any widow? Or why not some family? Why why did God pick this woman? Well, let's, let's read a little bit about her. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 10 to 12. So he arose he and rose. went to Zarephath. He went to Zarephath. And when he had come to the city, gate of the city, behold, the widow there, woman. There was, was a widow woman there. Was there gathering she's of sticks. gathering sticks. And he called to her and said. He said, fetch me, fetch I, me pray thee, I pray thee. A little water in a vessel that I may drink. The water's hard to come by when it hadn't rained in three and a half years. As she was going to fetch it, he called to her. And so she said, all right, I'll go get you a little bit of water. And then he called to her again. 
and said, bring and me, he said, I pray thee. Oh, by the way, I'm hungry. Bring me a morsel of bread in thy hand. Bring me a morsel of bread too. While, you, while you're going, I don't just want water, I want some food. Didn't everybody, didn't everybody want water and food at that time? And he said, he said, bring me, bring me some water and bring me some bread. And Verse 12, and she, she said, said, as the Lord thy as God the Lord giveth, thy God liveth, I have not a cake. I don't have a cake. But a handful of I meal in a barrel. just a handful of meal in a barrel. And a little oil in the cruise. A little cruise. bit of oil in the cruise. Behold, I am gathering and two behold, sticks. Behold, I am gathering two sticks. That I may go in and dress it I'm for me and I'm going to go and son. take that handful of meal and that little bit of oil. And I'm going to fix one final meal for me and my son. That we may that eat we it. we can eat our last meal. And die. And then we're going to die. We've got nothing else and I've got no way to get anything else. I don't have any money. They didn't have welfare. They didn't have social security. She had no way of getting anything at this point. She said, all I've got's just enough for one last meal for me and my boy. That's all I've got. So what did he say? What did he say? Now, now, hang on just a minute. Let me, let me just say this. I find this interesting. Everybody else is starving. But she does have. She does have a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. I can promise you there were a whole lot of folks that didn't have what she had. There was a whole lot of folks that didn't have what she had. I'm telling you, she was already blessed in that she at least had enough for one more meal. How many of her neighbors, relatives, friends had already died from this famine because they didn't have just a handful of meal and a little bit of oil, but she was still alive and she still had a little bit. Are you hearing me? There was already a blessing on her. Now, why was God blessing her? Well, let's read on. Verse 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Mm -hmm. Go and do as thou hast said. Don't be said. afraid. Don't be afraid. You just go do what you said, which what she said was, I'm going to go fix a little meal for me and my son. He said, go and do it. But make me but, therefore a little cake but first. First, but before you do, before you make that final meal, I want you to make me a little cake first. And bring it unto bring me. Bring it to me. And make a, and, and after then make after you fixed for something for me. Now she had just enough for her and her son to barely get by because she knew after this we're dead. I mean, you can live for a while without food. But she knew after this meal, it's over for us. And he said, I want you to take that little bit that you were going to divide in half, and I want you to divide it by thirds. Fix me a little bit first, and then go and fix for you and your son. So, what did he say next? For thus saith the Lord because God of Israel. here's a word from God for you, ma'am. The barrel of meal shall not that waste. That barrel of meal that you said right now has only got a handful in it. 
Neither shall, it's not going to waste. Neither shall the cruise and that of oil cruise of fail. oil that you said only had a little in it, it's not going to fail. Until the Until day the that the day Lord sendeth rain that upon God the earth. sends rain upon the earth. So what did she do? She went and she did went according to the saying of Elijah. She did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and she he and her house and he, did eat many days. She and he, she and he and her house did eat many days. Read. And the barrel, and the of, meal barrel of meal not. wasted not. Neither did the cruise, Neither of, oil did the cruise of oil fail. According to the, According word, of the, Lord, the word of the Lord, which he spake by, by Elisha. Amen. I'm telling you, I believe that she already understood this principle. That what I've got, God didn't give it to me for me to keep it. What I've got, God gave it to me for me to share it with somebody else. Now, can I prove that to you? Can I prove she had that understanding? Well, I can't give you absolute proof, but I think there is a strong indication in the Scripture. If we'll back up to verses 8 and 9, and let's listen to what God said to Elijah before he sent him to this widow. Let's read. Uh, this is 1 Kings 17, verses 8 and 9. Listen to this. And the word of the, the Lord, word of the came, Lord unto him came unto him saying, Arise, Arise get, thee get thee to Zarephath, which, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell, and dwell there. there. Listen to this. And dwell there. Right? Behold, Behold I have commanded. I have commanded. I have commanded. I've already spoken to her. I've already told her she's going to have a visitor. I've already told her. Amen. She has been given this little bit for a reason. She's got a purpose, Elijah. I know. Amen. That you're hungry. I'm sending you to somebody that's got a revelation that understands what she's got. May not be much, but God gave it to her. Not for her sake. Not for her son's sake. God gave it to her so she could bless somebody else. Sounds to me like God had already spoken to the woman and told her to sustain the prophet. No wonder, no wonder she didn't hesitate when he said, hey, bring me some food. And she didn't stop and say, well, now, sir, I just want you to understand. I just got enough for me and my son, and we're going to die. He said, oh, don't be afraid. And I'm going to tell you, it was just confirmation to her of what God had already put within her heart. God had already spoken to her. That's why Jesus said there were many widows. And I can tell you, many wives and many husbands and many singles that were in Israel. But God didn't send the prophet to any of them. Somehow, they never got this revelation. Somehow, they never come to understand it. And whatever they could get, they had to hoard it. They had to keep it for themselves. They weren't about to give it to anybody else, but God found one little woman. Amen. God found one that said, I understand. What I have is not really mine. It's been lent to me from the Lord. I got to do what God tells me to do. He didn't give it to me for me to bank it. He gave it to me for me to share it. Woo. And you know, the blessings didn't stop there. I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. Amen. I got to hurry. The blessings didn't stop there. As we read on in this same chapter, verse 17, read. 
And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, son of the, woman the mistress of the house, uh-huh, fell sick. Fell sick. And his sickness, his was, sickness so sore, was so sore that there was no, there was breath, no breath left, left, in, left him. in him. And so now, amen, she's been given. Amen, she's been given. And, and you can believe it however you want to believe it. I can't prove this. But the Bible doesn't say that God filled the barrel and that he filled the cruise. It just said they didn't fail. And they didn't waste. It sounds to me, brother self, like what happened was there was a, a handful in there and she'd fix what she needed. But when it came mealtime, she'd walk back over there and lo and behold, there's another handful. Hallelujah. And she'd fix that and then she'd go back and lo and behold, there's another handful. <laughs> And God just kept giving her exactly what she needed to keep her from day to day. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. She gave what she had. And then the real crisis came because her son did die. But I'm going to tell you, the story doesn't end with a dead son because this woman had learned, amen, that she was blessed to be a blessing. Because this woman had learned that when you start giving and you quit hoarding, when you you start handing out whatever God has put in your care. God's going to turn around and bless you in ways you didn't even imagine. Now she's looking at a dead son. But we go down just a few verses later. Verse 22, the Bible says this. And the Lord, and the heard, Lord the heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul, and the soul of the child came into him again. And he, and he revived. I'm here to tell you, the blessing was by far superior to the little bit of meal and oil that she was blessed with in the first place. The greatest blessing, the superior blessing came to her because she learned how to give. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm about to get there, about to get there. I just want to drive the point home as much as I can today. Go to 2 Kings now, 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. 2 Kings, we're familiar with this story as well, but let me just point something out to you here. 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, yeah. they went into one tent yeah. and did eat and drink. Man, look now. There's another famine going on. This is the days of Elisha now. And there's another famine going on. I mean, this famine's gotten so bad that mothers were eating their own babies. It had gotten so bad that they were eating donkeys' heads and doves' dung. That's what the Bible says. And I mean, they were getting top dollar for it. Can you imagine going and scooping dove's dung off, the, off, off of the walls of the city and selling it? And actually being able to buy, I mean, to, to get a, 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 a good sum of money. Because people were so hungry. And now all of a sudden here are these lepers. They're cast out. Nobody wants anything to do with them. They can't come in the city. They're sitting outside the city. They're starving like everybody else. And one of them looks at the other and said, ain't no reason us to sit here and die. The enemy's just over the way. And if we'll go over to the enemy's camp, you know, they, they got two choices. They can keep us as prisoners. And if they do that, they've got some food over there. And if they keep us as prisoners, hey, I get three squares a day. Ain't getting that out here. That's right. 
That's why, you know, in Texas, they outlawed those big round bales of hay. They said, you got to give your horse a square meal. Now, forget that. I, uh, anyhow, help me, Jesus. So they said, said, you know, they might take us prisoner. If they do, they'll at least take care of us. And if they, if they don't, they'll kill us. But if we just said, here, we're going to die. So why not take a chance? And they went over there, and you know how God created the first PA system. Amplified their marching and whatever else. I mean, these were lepers. I don't know how severe the leprosy was. Uh, I kind of got a feeling that maybe it hadn't quite gotten too bad yet to where they weren't recognized. That's otherwise, if, if, if they'd have walked into the enemy's camp and the enemy would have realized they're lepers, they, they wouldn't have taken them prisoners. So I kind of got a feeling maybe hadn't spread too bad yet. So these guys kind of pulled themselves together and, and, and did the best to stand up straight. And they just come walking in, probably had their hands raised in surrender, you know, and come walking in to the enemy's camp and said, we surrender, we surrender. And nobody there. And they couldn't figure out, where's everybody gone? I mean, there's nobody here. No kids, nobody, nobody here. And so one of them finally got up the nerve to go peek inside the tent, uh, inside a tent. So they went into one tent, and what happened? And did eat and they drink. Did eat and drink. Wow. All right, read. And carried thin silver and Man. gold and raiment. Ooh, look here. I mean, they're picking up stuff. You know, they feel like hillbillies come to the Holiday Inn. That suitcase is a lot more full when they go home than it was when they got there. Pillowcases, pictures off the wall. Praise God. Just making sure you're still awake. Man, they, they, they ate, they drank, they carried silver and gold and clothes. And what did they do? And went and hid it. And they said, man, look at what we got. We're going to live for a while on this. We're going to live like kings. I mean, we're just going to go bury this stuff. Nobody's going to find it when these guys from Syria do. When, when, when they come back and they, they, they realize it's all gone, they're not going to find it. We're going to keep it hidden. And, and man, they're happy. And so they left that tent and what they do? Came again, came again and, and entered into went to another, another tent, tent and, and carried this they also. They up on stuff there. Man, it. this is better than 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 Sam's Club. And they've, I mean, uh, you know, I don't even have to have a credit card. I just got my cart here, and I'm just throwing everything in it I can get. And so they they carried it out. They went and buried it and hid it. Read. Then they said one then, to another, and then they stopped and they said, "No, wait, 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 wait." Read. We do not we well. do not well. I know, I know the folks back home didn't want us. I know they kicked us out of the city. I know they didn't want to be around us. They didn't want to. But look, this is not right. This is not right. That we've got all this food and the people in our hometown are starving to death. We do not well. Read. This, this day is a, is a day, day of good tidings. Of 
good tidings we hold and our we're peace. holding our peace if we tarry till, we the, morning tarry till the morning light there's going to be you know what they're saying here's what they're saying God's going to judge us if we do what we're doing right now God's going to judge us and some mischief is going to come and we're going to lose everything we've been trying to hang on to guys we're not doing this right God didn't give us all of this so that we could grow fat and have nice clothes amen and some gold and silver that's not why this happened now therefore come that we may go we and may tell the king's household and tell the king's household we gotta get out there and tell somebody else hey there's a whole camp over here you guys are starving to death and there's a whole camp over here you need some new clothes they got it right over there free of charge you need some silver they got it right over there free of charge you need gold they got it I know where it's at I can take you to the place I can show you the location I can lead you there I know where there's an abundant supply you don't have to starve anymore you don't have to go hungry anymore I'm not going to set on what God gave us if I do God's going to judge me but I'm going to get out there and tell everybody there's enough here for everybody I'm trying to hurry this is the principle God blessed us so we would bless others. And if we refuse to bless others, God's going to take our blessing away because he didn't give it to us for us to keep. He gave it to us for us to be a blessing. Well, praise God. I'm about to get there. I'm about to get there. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse number 6. Peter and John are going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. Amen. And there's a man sitting there lame. Amen. Been there many days hoping for something to happen. Begging for somebody to give him a little bit of something so he could have a meal. Amen. Again, no welfare. There, there was no SSI. There, 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 there was nothing. There was no Medicaid and Medicare. If, if they were lame and crippled and couldn't work for themselves, then the only option they had was to beg. And so this man was doing the only thing he knew to do. And he felt like, you know, the church house, these folks ought to want to help somebody so you just carry me to the doors of the church house sit me down there I'll see if any of these folks really got religion or not if they'll just give me a little bit of change if they'll just hand me a little bit of change I, it'll be alright you know a little bit of change will go a long way for a single guy uh, just a little bit I don't have to have I don't have to have big, big chunks of gold and silver just you just hand me a little bit of the change that's rattling in your pocket. I, I'll be all right for today, and I'll come back tomorrow, and I'll, I'll get a little bit more. So they looked up to Peter and John expecting, the Bible says expecting to receive something from them. He was expecting. He was expecting, Brother Hilton, to get some change. He was expecting some change. Praise God. Amen. He had an expectation that he's going to get something. And then Peter, being a true apostolic preacher, here was his response. Verse 6. 
Then Peter, then Peter said, said, silver and silver gold, and gold have I none. You talk, you're barking up the wrong tree, Buster. I don't have any silver and gold. But such I don't as have I any have. of that kind of change, but I'll tell you what. But such as I have. I'll tell you what, such as I have. I don't have the kind of change you're looking for, but I got a better change. The change I'm about to give you is a whole lot better than a few cents for you to buy some bread. The change I'm about to give you is going to change your entire life, my friend. I may not have what you think you want, but I've got what you need. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Amen. And he, amen, leaping and walking stood. Amen. I'm telling you, God reached down and did something because Peter understood. He didn't give this to me for me to hoard it. He didn't give this to me for me to sit on it he gave it to me so I could give it to somebody else I'm nearly done stand musicians come hallelujah I'm nearly done I really am Matthew chapter 10 verse 8 says this heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead yeah cast out devils yeah freely, freely. have received freely you received. Freely give. Freely you received. Freely you received. God said, he said, now look guys, the Lord said, he said, look, you have received a lot from me, but I didn't give it to you so you could walk around and call yourself major prophet so-and-so. I didn't give this to you so you could put on a big badge and her golden robes and walk around like royalty and, and uh, have a little throne to sit on and, and have people uh, bow down and worship you. That's not why I gave it to you. He said, I gave it to you for a reason. I want you to turn around now and give what I gave you. Don't let it stop with you. Don't let it end with you. Don't let it die with you. You have received freely. Now freely give. The command is obvious. God gave it to you for one reason and one reason only. And that's so you would give it to others. The greatest blessing. The greatest blessing is found in giving away the blessings God has bestowed upon you. Now let me tell you what I felt Friday night. Standing on that platform in Cuba, Missouri, I just felt like God said, He's one. He's wanting to make some folks a blessing so that they, he's wanting to give some folks a blessing so that they will be a blessing. Now, 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 now listen to me. Listen to me. I want to be very careful in the way that I say this because I don't want to misrepresent God. And I, I'm just telling you, this is what I feel like God said. It's what I feel like God said. 
I'll tell you something, young people and older people. There's nothing wrong, Sister Jasmine, with you spending time asking God to give you a talent for that organ that goes beyond anything else. There's nothing wrong in you praying that prayer if, if you promise to God this is not for me to get the glory. I don't care what it is you want to do. I don't care what it is that you desire. Brother Kaiser, I will tell you, you can be the best bass player in the apostolic movement. You can. You can. But God wants to know if he, if he gives that to you, Will he be able to trust you that you're not going to do it so people will pat you on the back and say, listen to that. Man, that guy can play. You want a better job? Do you want to see your life go somewhere, Jerome? I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you asking God for a good job. But God wants to know, if I give it to you, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? If all of a sudden, somebody hired you and said, I'm going to pay you $50 an hour. What are you going to do with that? You know what a lot of folks would do? They'd get lifted up in pride. They'd get the big head. They'd go buy the fanciest car, the nicest clothes. They'd wave their Rolex around at everybody. Look at what I've got. I'm going to tell you, God, I'm just telling you what I felt. God would love to bless somebody abundantly in their finances. I'm just telling you what I feel. I'm not name it and claim it, and you know that. You know I'm not into prosperity gospel. I'm not. You know that, church. Those listening online, if you don't know me, please don't put me in that camp because I don't believe that. I'm just telling you what I feel like God spoke to me. All of this COVID and all this stuff, the church has struggled financially, and I, I really felt like, Brother Hilton, I felt like God spoke to me Friday night. God wants to meet the financial need of this church. And God wants to just take care of it all. But I'm going to tell you what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody that's not going to hoard it. God wants to bless somebody. But he wants to know that you're not going to say this is mine. Now look, look, I don't. I don't recommend entering contests and praying for God to help you win them. I don't recommend that. I don't put my stamp of approval on that, all right? But I'm just telling you a story. A little church where I prayed through. Precious, precious widow woman, dear saint of God. I don't know how many preachers she's got among her, her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren by now. God's blessing was on that little lady. She didn't have nothing. 
but, but we, I talked to you about the great revival we experienced and that little old church that really probably couldn't seat more than about 80 and we were running 100 we were packing them into that place and we needed a building and so we started a building program didn't have a whole lot of money and, and, and this little lady walked into the grocery store and they had a little sign up here they're giving away $100 and she just prayed a prayer and she said God I don't have a hundred dollars but I want to give to the building fund I want to help my church and she said if you'll just let me win this I'm giving every penny of it to the church I'm here to tell you she filled out her form and guess whose name they called and she didn't keep one dime she turned around and gave it all to God now she needed it she needed it but she said I'm not getting this for my own benefit God's kingdom needs it and that's more important to me than the food in my pantry that's more important to me than anything else I want to bless the kingdom of God I feel in my spirit there are ways that God wants to bless people in this church but he wants you to first get a revelation that if he does it's not for your sake it's for the kingdom of God this is so out of character for me to even preach this way but I feel it in the Holy Ghost today I'm just telling you this is what I feel and I'm not just talking about money but I'm telling you there are other things God would like to put amen upon some of you but God wants you to first get a revelation that he's not going to do it for you he's not going to do it so people can pat you on the back he's not going to do it so people can tell you how good you are but God wants to do something in his kingdom and for his church and he's looking for somebody that'll say God you can trust me you can let it flow through me God I'm not going to keep it God I'm going to hand it off to anybody and everybody I'm not I'm not patting myself on the back I'm telling you when I went to church in Mississippi there's lots of problems there one thing they did have was money. They had money. Now, I had left a whole missions church. And I went to this church. And this, was, this was in the uh, mid-90s, I guess. And I left a whole missions church. And I knew what it was like to not have anything. Now, they limited against the scripture, against the will of God. They put a limit on the pastor. But even what they allowed me to have. I don't mind telling you, it was right at about $100,000 for the mid-90s. That's quite a bit. And a, and a young farmer home missionary to step into 100000 a year was a big thing. And I'm going to tell you this, and this is the truth. This is the gospel truth. The first Sunday, and they... I said, here's what you can have. I said, no, I don't need all that. I said, I want you just to cut all of this out, put it back in the church. I don't need that. I don't have to have that to live. You put it back in the kingdom of God. That secretary looked at me. I could have knocked him over with a feather. He said, are you sure 
you want to put that much back? I said, I'm certain. I don't need that much money. Oh, it would have been nice. I had bills. I had a car payment. But I said, I don't need it. God will take care of me. He always has. God, look, I'm not trying to brag on myself. I'm just telling you, I got a revelation a long time ago that if God, if God would just bless me with something, it's not for me to keep. And I want to tell you what I did. There were times I kept more, but it was because I found out some home missionary, his heater had gone out in his house in the dead of winter. And I'd send him some money and say, Here, man, there's no reason for you and your family to be cold. You go put you a good heater in your house. I don't even know how many thousands I gave away. Home foreign missions just handing it out, handing it out, handing it out. I don't need all this money. What am I going to do with this? I don't need this. I want God to be able to trust me. I want God to be able to trust me. I don't want it to change. If it's a thousand, or ten thousand, a million, or ten million, I want God to be able to trust me the same. To know it's not going to be for my benefit. It's not going to be so I can live comfortably. Is anybody hearing me today? I'm just telling you, take it for what it's worth. Throw it away. That's up to you. But I felt like Friday night God said, there are some blessings I want to give at the Truth Church. There are some folks I want to invest in at the Truth Church. But I want to make sure that they've got a revelation that when I bless them, whether it's talent, whether it's jobs, whether it's money, whatever it is, whatever I give them, I want to know that I can trust them, that my hand is not closed. I'm going to hand it off. I'm going to bless others. I'm not just going to get a blessing. I'm going to be a blessing.